This is Derek Tyler Adenham, and you're listening to the Sidebot Sisters. to the sci-fi sisters podcast where we give you our point of view we're here live from shore leave 43 say hello everybody that's what's up we've been here with these very very patient folks while we got it together and we are so excited to be here today i'm joined by my sister sabrina wood fran t what's happening and yvette blackman tom hello Hello, hello. And we have a really special guest with us today. He is a author extraordinaire, a phenomenal photographer. He's a really, really hardcore Trek fan. And we love him to pieces. We're here with Derek Tyler Attico. Hey, Derek. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This has been a, this is going to be really a lot of fun. I've been waiting for this for a very, very <laughs> Long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And we have been waiting for you too. Yes, we have. Yes, okay. we have. And we're so excited to be here live with this audience here today at Short Leave. So we're going to kick it off really fast, really quick. Okay. okay. Hardcore. Hardcore. Okay. Talk to me about your nerddom. Because I know you were a nerd real young. Oh, yeah. I've always been a nerd. Um, let me just say really quick. I remember maybe. Well, it can't be two years ago. So maybe three years ago, three, four years ago, um, I was actually in these halls and um, a few of you ladies tracked me down and said, you're Derek Attica. I'm like, yeah. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, you write for Star Trek? I'm like, yeah. And he said, well, you got to sign. <laughs> you got to you got to sign. We got to talk to you. We're the Sci-Fi Sisters. And I said, oh, this this is dope. <laughs> right, right, right. That would right. be Sabrina and Frank. Right. We, chased <laughs> down. we chased them down the hall. Right. Chased me down the hall, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Oh, this is this is really great." And it was just really the the energy, um, the excitement made me excited to see you guys. So it was a lot of fun. And um, you know, from from two three from like three years ago to to today. So um, I've been waiting for this, and uh, and thank you, thank you so much. Now to answer your question, um. Yeah, um, you know, I was a nerd before before there was such a word or, or or anything. I didn't know anything about being a nerd. I just liked what I liked, um, which I credit my my parents primarily. My mom, you know, my mom was very eclectic. She would just have like Star Trek on or have sci fi on or, or you know vampires, you know, and 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 I didn't know no different. It was on TV. I'd watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Star Trek was on a lot of times in in the house and. That was my first introduction. I think the sci-fi was probably, um, now I think about it, was probably uh, Star Trek and the, the old uh, uh, Twilight Zone uh, uh, TV show, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and and so I, I grew up with um, science fiction that entertained with a message. Yes. You know, and so what that did was it ingrained in me that if you're going to tell a story, you do it, you know, uh, you, you entertain, you, you, you give people something that will thrill them, but then you... 
you sneak a message in there, you know, that's, and, and that's some, somehow some uh, kind of way uh, got into my brain. Then um, I remember like the original uh, Star Wars came out and uh, my mom's always been thinking, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a thinker. So we went to see Star Wars. Uh, we caught like the midnight show and, and my, my, my parents, especially my mom, it didn't matter what hour, it didn't matter what, what movie, you know, I, I've got to have seen at least, 5,000 movies in, 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 you know, my life. So, uh, took me to see Star Wars, like the midnight show. And I loved it, of course, since I was a little kid. But when I got home, I was, you know, I was yakking about it, this and that. My mom, before the movie, probably a day or two before, had bought like these, all these Star Wars comics mm-hmm. and let me read them mm-hmm. that same night. And what that did was it kind of cemented in my brain, you know, that this thing was not only allowed, but encouraged, Right. you know? And for me, there's a point to what I'm saying. So for me, <laughs> so for me what I, I was, I was blown away by, by this, but I wanted to know like how this, all, how the other stuff was done. And so I wanted to know like who George Lucas was and how this thing happened. So I learned that, you know, there's a guy named George Lucas. He wrote this stuff. So I want to know what it was about writing. Yeah. And that's what kind of started me to become a writer and, and screenplays and that format and how all that was done. So that's how I started, mm-hmm. was learning to write screenplays. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you were, okay, so you were this young Black kid yeah. into all of this sci-fi stuff. Did you, was that a thing? I mean, was there, because I know, like, we, we've talked about the sisters, like, we've talked about a couple times being young and black and into sci-fi and how that like some of us like that was not cool right some of us we we were just like I mean I was always a geek I was always a nerd and I always had my head in a book and like I was already well on in the nerdy camp at school like there was no (laughs) you know there was no mistaking me for the popular kids or anything but you know then others like Yvette grew up like in sports and she was we were just talking about like you know you weren't you weren't telling anybody. Oh, no. You were right. cl- you were <laughs> you were you were in the closet. Like so, how was that for you? So my my mom um, brainwashed me, right? And I didn't know it was brainwashed. Like I I didn't know that like Captain Crunch and Count Chocula existed until like I was like maybe like ten years old. Okay, you know, um, and I think and I thank her for that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, but so my bedtime stories were um, the Odyssey. Shakespeare. Ooh. Yeah. Right. I had read all of Shakespeare. Um, I had read all of um Grimm's Fairy Tales when I was like by seven, mm-hmm. eight years old. You know, um <laughs> so by the time I was in fourth grade, and you know, they have like you know, reading tests and all that stuff. So I had college level reading by fourth grade. Wow. And so um they they brought my mom in and it's like, well, you know, we gave him this reading test, um, you know, the, the annual reading test, and he's cheating on the test. <laughs> because there's, there's, oh, there's, yeah, but, there's, no, yeah, way, there's no, way. no way possible right. that a fourth grader has cause of a reading. <laughs> so um, what we're going to do is he has to take the test again by himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my mom is like, okay. <laughs> so I got a perfect score. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was by myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, so, you know, okay. You're going to go there. Okay. Um, and, and so that was always the norm in, in, in the household, you know, um, and, and, um, 
that type of literature and those I mean, those classics, um, that was the norm. So um, by the time I got to like high school, um, that was all old hack for me. Yeah. yeah. You know? You were bored. I was, yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah, you're not I read it all. I had read it all. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I had read was like Canterbury Tales. Uh-huh. By the time I got into high school, yeah, so that was new for me. But uh-huh. pretty much everything else, you know, <laughs> I, I had done and read. So um, that was great, you know. So I was always looking for new things to read. And I was pushing to, for new things to read and new things to do. Um, and so by the time I was in, in high school, I was starting to write because that was the new challenge. You uh-huh. know? Um, and my mom never stopped me. She was like, okay, you know, you want to do this thing? Okay, you know, go and do it. Um, so by the time I was like 15, 16, I started writing screenplays. Well, screen started learning how to write screenplays. And I just started writing them. You know, I wrote a screenplay. Um <laughs> In high school, <laughs> we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so I know you're writing. I know she's writing. Right, I, 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 and I'm not even talking. Right. In every screenwriter I've ever known or talked to, the, the first thing you write is not a screenplay. You know, that's so uh, unusual. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That's that's how I started. That's how I started. And so the beauty of that, though. Okay. At the same time, you gotta understand. So I'm 16, but so by te- I've been watching films from like eight years old, mm-hmm. right? That's, and that's so I was like a paper boy, eight nine years old. And what I would do with my cash is I wouldn't like save it. I would go to films, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so here I am watching films every week. Mm-hmm. I'm watching two, three, four, five films a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what I'm doing is I'm learning story structure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I'm getting entertained, but I'm learning story structure. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, you know, not to date myself, well, to date myself, but I'm learning, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing films, you know, um, a lot of it's like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing really good movies, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't discriminate. So I watched everything, uh-huh. you know, and so I'm learning story structure. Um, I'm entertaining myself. I'm, I'm going to movies. By the time I get to high school, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to write. I want to, I want to just, and I didn't really know, like, I wasn't really thinking about, like, becoming a screenwriter. I just wanted to write, I think. So I write this screenplay, and it was like a Star Wars screenplay. And this is, like, in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the, and Return of the Jedi. It was, like, a year before Return of the Jedi came out. And so I wrote this screenplay that takes place, like, I don't know, like a thousand years after the events of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I gave it to my English teacher to basically edit and for grammar. She takes like three months getting it back to me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what's going on? You know, what's happening? And she's like, oh, I'll give it back to you, but you got to come with me to this place. And I've gotten your mom's permission. And I'm like, what is that? Backdoor. Backdoor. What's going on? So, um, um, turns out she submitted it to like this, um, um, I, I always I always mix this up, but I think like the uh, uh, screenwriters guild, yeah, WGA, yeah, right. and and she she submitted it, and it was a basically it was an award program where they took twelve thousand uh, students across America, and they only picked twelve students, mm. and I was one of the twelve. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. It, it was cool, and it it was a storyline, which is oddly enough, it was a storyline that was like a thousand years after. The events in in like Star Wars and and the Force, and everything becomes a myth, 
and everyone forgets about what the force is. Um, but a clone casket is found of, of and Vader is in the clone casket, but he's not like hideously, you know. And there's a lot of things in it, right? And it's it's not like anything. It's funny that you're on the same. You're, you're touching a lot of the same things. Just because if you know story, right. you're just hitting a lot of the same marks. Right, you know? right. Um, and I was a kid just paying attention, you know, mm-hmm. doing my research, paying attention. Um, and so that was like my first award. And uh, and I was like, oh, wow, I can I can write. Um, <laughs> it's is, a shock when you figure it out. Right. <laughs> right. So after high school, I wanted to go to NYU, but I couldn't afford it. Uh and I got accepted to uh, NYU uh, to School of the Arts for, for screenwriting. We couldn't afford to go. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go. So um, I went to school for law. I went to Johnson College for Criminal Justice instead. Um, and I was like, well, maybe I'll never be a writer or whatever. Wow. And um, years later, a friend of mine, um, he's like, you know, they got this uh, Star Trek contest for writers. I'm like Star Trek. I like Star Trek. You know, I like the original series. You know, TNG, uh, first season wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's called, it's called, you know, cause some of the first season, right? Oof. But he said, it's called Strange New World. Why don't you look into it? I looked into it and I said, you know, if I'm going to write something, I need to do the research. So I started watching TNG and what was beautiful about doing that research is I was reintroduced to Star Trek. And in that reintroduction, I realized that everything I loved about TOS was still in TNG. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still there. Yeah. Um, Roddenberry was genius and he had put it all there, you know. And and I was like, oh wow, you know, I really love these characters. And so then I started to craft uh basically a TNG uh short story. It couldn't be more than 7,500 words. I did that. I submitted it. I forgot it. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe like six months later or something like that. I get a call that uh, it got into the Strange New Worlds 8 anthology and it took first place. Nice. Wow. So I was like, oh, wow, maybe I still got something you know, uh-huh. you know, going on, right? Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, maybe I should try you know, this writing thing. But I didn't really know anything about the business of writing. Right. So I had skill and talent, yeah. but nothing about how to, you know, navigate right. as a writer. And how to market writer. yourself. How to market you yourself. get an agent. Right. Like, yeah. None of that. And you can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't know the other side of that, then you will, in, in a lot of ways, I think you will just... Um, hover in a certain place you know mm-hmm. a yourself. A yeah. 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 And, and, and i did for a, a while mm-hmm. and I, I i i um i think there were certain people that were like hey you want to do an anthology you want to do this and they looked out which was really great but i still didn't know what i didn't know you know right and then um so that's from 2005 then 2016 by that time i had educated myself a lot and uh the 50th anniversary of star trek rolled around I wrote a uh, Benjamin Cisco Benny Russell uh, short story. Submitted that that one, mm-hmm. and by that time, I said, "Okay, now I know the business. I still have the I, I know the business. I still have the craft. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, and I'm gonna try and make a, a run at this. Yeah, I've been writing ever since. Wow, wow, 
And, 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 and yeah. did a good job too. Well, hopefully, you know. And and if I hadn't written that Benny Russell story, uh, I would never have gotten to write the autobiography of Ben Cisco. Right. And and I wrote a Benny Russell story that I wanted to see. You know, mm-hmm. not what I thought people would like, not what I thought would be PC. You know, because in the story I wrote, Benny's very angry. Mm-hmm. You know, right. yep. he's 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 been locked up for about ten years, and mm-hmm. you know, he's he's just in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a story that people needed to read, and 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 something I wanted to say. And uh, that was the story that got me this uh, this book. So, uh, is that real yeah. quick? Where so people know where do you find that uh, Benny Russell story? That Benny Russell story. That Benny Russell story is uh, only on ebook, but it's uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds 2016. So you can find that on Amazon. Okay. Um, and uh, I think it's like maybe like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, the beauty of it, though, it's not just um, my story, it's an anthology mm-hmm. of, of Star Trek Strange New Worlds stories. So you don't just get my story, you get about, I think there's about 10 or about nine other stories of Star Trek stories mm-hmm. from every um, series yeah. of Star Trek. So there's a lot of us in there mm-hmm. and you get to read every different era of, uh, of Star Trek. Yeah, those are some great anthologies. They are. Yeah. The, the Strange New World series is great and they've launched a lot of people. Dayton Ward, who's mm-hmm. a phenomenal Star Trek author, yep. he started uh, through Strange New Worlds. So and you guys are doing him. Uh, you guys are uh, tomorrow morning, tomorrow eleven a.m. Right yeah. in this room. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a great guy. So did you um, the Dreamer in the Dream, mm-hmm. the, the, the the Deep Space Nine novel? Mm-hmm. It's a novel, right? No, that's a, it's a short story. That's the short story. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. It's called okay, the that's the the Dreamer in the Dream. I was wonder. I was like reading that title, and I was just thinking to myself, like. I wonder how much do you identify with Benny Russell? I mean, it's so meta. It is very meta. It's extremely meta. It's a very meta story. Yeah, it's a very yeah. meta story. Uh, I identify, yeah, I, I do identify with Benny. Um, at the time I wrote it, I was like, oh, I'm going to write something that's just really going to like scramble people's brains. Um, but I think I was a little upset at things that were happening at the time. I mean, I think that's what a writer's responsibility are. James Baldwin says that uh, the responsibility of a, of, a, of a writer is to be a mirror to society, mm-hmm. you know? And so I believe that. Yeah. I'm a little different than Baldwin. Yeah. I also want to entertain. And I think he and I would probably argue, you know, he's like, no, he'd probably say, just be the mirror. But I think, you know, you can't always force feed people, mm-hmm, you know? Right. Um, you have to sometimes spoon feed them or, or not even feed them, but ask them to... Um, come to the table, mm, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so what I wanted to do was entertain. Star Trek gave me that platform, you know? Um, Dream in the Dream is an angry Black man. He's been, uh, Benny Russell, he's been uh, in an insane asylum for 10 years mm. after the events of Far Beyond the Stars mm. because he won't stop writing his story. Because the Black man won't stop writing his story. Mm-hmm. stories, he's been locked up. Mm-hmm. Cassie's left him. Oh, no. You know, and he's locked up, but he can't, <laughs> something about, he can't let go of what he wants to do, right? Right. And his therapist is like, look, just put all of your anger into this one last story. Mm. And he starts doing that. But what he doesn't realize is that in doing that, he is destroying the future. Wow. And everything's going to hell, you know, in in 
the 24th century. Mm. So he may come out okay, mm -hmm. but he's destroying by doing that the 24th century. The repercussions of, the all, repercussions, this right. of all this anger. Right. <clears throat> So, generations of anger right mm. oh i love it so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the generational trauma generational trauma yeah you know? um and and you know and being cooped up and he, and so he's been he has boxes in his room um in, in in the same asylum of and each box has a name of a starfleet uh captain on it you know because mm. he's written he's going he's written all of star trek in, over the 10 years he's been in in this institution, right? So here's a box for Archer, a box for Kirk, a box mm. for Jamie. Wow. He's just been writing this whole time, but nobody has seen any of these stories. Wow. He's so frustrated, you know? And so I, I, I was like, you know, I, I know I was frustrated. I was like, you know, writers and, and writers of color don't always get to uh, express things, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to put it into him, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, 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 um, the story did well. So I, I was happy the story did well. And, um, you know, I won't convey the ending and, and what happens, but uh, people liked it. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Okay. So deep space nine comes out. So you start with TNG, right? Right. You start with TNG to get back at your, your Star Trek chops, mm -hmm. back, right? Did you go on to DS9 from there? Was that the natural progression for you or? Yeah, well, um, if I'm gonna be really honest, um, um, I had the idea for the Benny story before I wrote the uh, TNG story. Uh, the TNG story is called Alpha and Omega, uh, uh, and I had the idea for the Benny story, but I'm like, you know what? I want to start with a TNG story. Um, cause I, I love TNG, but I want to show that I can write TNG. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, right. because yeah. I think it it's expected that I could do mm -hmm. DS9 yes. because yes. Of, mm -hmm. you know it's a stereotype. Oh yeah, of course you can write DS9. It's a black captain. Of course you can write that. But no, I can also. I'm, I'm a writer. I can write anything. You mm -hmm. know? Um, and that's not that's not to say anything of ego. You know, it's just to say that you know I'm a writer. I can write anything that's expected of me, and beyond that, mm -hmm. right? So I wrote this uh, story, Alpha and Omega, you know, um, there's a, a Borg super cube that has half a billion drones in it. It's in uh, uh, orbit over Earth. Um, all, the all the drones are um, in standby mode and no one knows why. And there's one Borg super cube over every major power in the Alpha Quadrant. Oh, wow. Nobody Sorry. knows why. Wow. And the reason why is disastrous. Mm. And if you read, if you were to read Alpha and Omega now, and having read and having seen Picard, and, mm -hmm. you'd be like, "What? He wrote right. that in two thousand five? What?" They'd be like, "Oh, Octavia Butler Jr." <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of um, stuff from two thousand five. Like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so um, and I was very fortunate to be able to to get that to get that story in. Uh, but yeah, then I went and did Deep Space Nine because then I was like, you know, now that I've gotten the TNG story out of me, I I can do the DS Nine one. Mm -hmm. Right, you have the, you've proven your chops. Yeah, I've proven myself. Yeah. Right, because right. yeah, you know, we talked to um, the writer of the Benny Russell episode, you know, Far Beyond the Stars, yeah. and I asked if there had been anybody black in that writers' room, and they wrote that story. Right. And there wasn't, right. which I thought was, you know, so they can write, you know, they can write a black story and there's no question. 
So I think it's very interesting. I think it's really smart of you to write the TNG story first and then go back and say, okay, now I can write anything. So give me what I really want to write. Because I I thought that was odd that there was, I don't know of any other black, I don't know of a black writer in any of the Star Trek writers room, as much as they claim, you know, diversity into this and that, that writers room has been very white for all I can understand or know until until we get to legacy Trek. So yeah, yeah, we finally get black writers in that writers room. So it's really Interest. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. As I understand it, uh, as I understand it, uh, Discovery was the first uh, diverse right. writers room, mm-hmm. um, yes. and it shows. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, not to say that um, there haven't been some phenomenal episodes um, written um, on in in every era of track, every legacy oh, yeah. era of track that mm-hmm. dealt with race and dealt with color. Oh, yeah. And what that shows is that, you know, people can write these things if they're, if, 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 if the talent is know, there. Yeah. And you know, what my grandmother always used to say is like, you know, what's in your heart comes out your mouth. Right. So, right. you know, if, 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 if you don't have that, if you don't have anything bad in you, then it's, it's, it's usually not good. It's going to, it's going to come out. If you have anything bad in you, it's going to come out. If you have, if you don't, it's going to come out. So, what I'm saying is, you know, uh, you have episodes like um, uh, "Let That Be Your Battlefield," where mm-hmm. there, you know, one side is when these guys were uh, Frank, uh, Frank Gorshin, where one side is white, mm-hmm. one side is black. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's a phenomenal episode dealing with color, right? That's right. It's phenomenal, um, and it dealing with dealing with race, you know, and you got people that are making a statement about the period, yeah. you know. Um, Beyond that, you're talking Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry knew what he's doing yeah, he by just setting up the whole chessboard of yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. And so, uh, you know, he, he's a, um, setting up all of us to be able to play in this, uh, in this universe and tell these stories. And that's a white guy setting that up, yep. you know? Yep. So, and Rod Serling. Right. Rod Serling was great. Rod Serling. Rod Serling was great right. in um, The Twilight Zone. With the metaphors that he did right. too, with race, and he even um, one show was in the sixties. He talked about the Vietnam War. Right. Jack Klugman right. was in that episode. I, I he, right. And I'm like, oh my god, right. they talking about the Vietnam? Because I I didn't remember it back then, but he talked about the Vietnam War the back Vietnam. in the sixties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this was Rod Serling's yeah. take yeah, on absolutely. stuff that so, was going on. You know, people, and, and then you know, you, you look at. Um, you know, TNG uh, with the measure of a man, and and what it mm-hmm. means to you know what it means to be to have rights to be human, you know, and and um, and obviously by the just the, the idea to bring in to bring in Avery Brooks to play Cisco, right. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just the statement that that would make. They knew what that statement was going to be, and 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 just Avery Brooks and his presence with that. That's what I was going to ask you, like when you like when you first were watching DS Nine, like what did that mean? Like what did Cisco mean to you? What did what did it mean to see Avery Brooks up there? Because I know what shook me. Well, you know, <laughs> okay, so I, I knew of. The individual, I knew the actor mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Spencer for High and Hawk. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, I knew he was going to be playing, uh, uh, I knew Mr. Brooks was going to be playing uh, Benjamin Sisko. Uh, that first four minutes, five minutes of, of that first episode, Emissary, shook me mm-hmm. because 
It still does. <laughs> As an act, well, I remember, I don't even remember what age I was, but I remember watching it and, and he was doing nothing like he had done before, you know? And what made it, what, what made writing the autobiography challenging was that he, 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 there's no other performance that you can go to that's like Cisco. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't, you can't go to Hawk and see any of Cisco mm-hmm. in Hawk. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Okay, you can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've you can't, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just, just can't. And so, you know, and then, and in that first four minutes, it's an incredible uh, level of depth. The writing is just phenomenal. And then he takes those words that are written and he's just playing them to the hill. He loses everything in four minutes. Mm-hmm. The first minute is the first minute of the show. His ship is destroyed. Right. His wife is killed. Yeah. You know, by the end of four minutes, he's watching his the ship explode. He's with his son in the escape craft. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And that's that's where we're starting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow. And as a as a as a kid that wanted to write and was thinking about writing, I was like, this is where they're starting. This is where Star Trek is starting. This is what they're saying to not just Star Trek fans, but this is what they're saying. This is our new show. This is our lead. This is where we're taking you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a statement. Yeah. That's a statement. Yeah. And and no Star Trek show has really done that as powerfully in that way. It's 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 just it's just so powerful. And and the themes of 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 uh of religion and 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 race with the Cardassians and Bajorans. Mm. It's, it's just it's just so intense and just uh, done with such finesse and such beauty that everyone can identify with. It. That's yes. right, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone. everyone. Yep. And so that's the challenge of the autobiography, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the autobiography of a black man, but you know somebody in Italy picking it up needs to be able to be able to see themselves in it as opposed to somebody in Bed-Stuy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right, right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job. Mm-hmm. And that's what D-Space Nine did, and that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, man, that was like, that was answered the question and so much more. <laughs> you just went down like all my oh, questions. I'm like, I'm like, two of those. I know, I'm like, well, check that one off. Check that one off. <laughs> Check that one off. All right. So down, down on my list. (laughs) Um, You know, we were sitting around, Sabrina and I were just eating upstairs and we were wondering if there was, um, if you learned, if there was something that you learned about Cisco Mm -hmm. through the process of doing this autobiography that you didn't know about him before. Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, we yeah we came up with that one, didn't we? That's right. Yeah, baby. Sure did. Right, right upstairs, because we're prepared like that. That's a great question. I'll I'll say this. I'll say um uh when I got the gig, uh I had a conversation. And I should say um that Titan Books uh has been really phenomenal, has been really phenomenal uh, with me. Uh and uh um, my editor, George Sanderson, uh, managing editor of Titan Books, uh, he and I had a conversation and he was like, you know, this is the way we want to go. And um, uh, part of the way they wanted to go was basically a, um, 
that, that it was written through through Jake, um, through his like auto, a, a book that Jake would write and the autobiography through like his. So Jake has written like Anselm and other books and uh-huh. stuff. And, and I was like, well, you know, I I don't necessarily want to go that route, you know, um, because I think it should be Ben in his own words, you know, and and the trick then is how to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so I told him my idea, and he was like, well, I like your idea. Um, all right, we'll go with your idea. And so then um, for CBS, you have to do an outline. That outline has to get approved. And then I realized pretty quickly, I was like, oh, wow, I have to do an outline. That outline has to get approved. Once I do that outline, I'm locked in. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So to answer your question, I had to come up with everything I wanted for Ben, everything I knew I wanted to put in. Every, I had to create the life of the pop, pop icon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. Right? Yeah. He's a 90s pop icon, mm-hmm. you know, um, for a lot of different communities, right? And Star Trek community, I think, first and foremost, right? And I had to create a life for him and and see if I, that would get approved. And then I'd be locked in to write that life, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe with little things here and there, you know? And that got approved after I, I thought a lot about it first, though. I thought a lot about it, a lot of just standing in the shower. You know, <laughs> um, because you know you get you need silence to think. That's um, right. And, and if you need silence to think, and then you need to to plan. You need silence. Um. Uh. So I just did that. I wrote the outline that got approved, and then just went at it. And I, what surprised me the most about Ben, I would say. is something that uh, one of the first things I did right before I started writing was I listened to an episode of Sci-Fi Sisters. Bam! And, That's what I'm talking about. And, That's right. And, and you guys had an uh, episode about Ben Sisko. Uh-huh. And you guys had a, um, um, I forget the name of the of the guest, but she was a, uh, uh I think she she was a Doctor Crystal Fleming. Doctor Crystal Fleming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking about her opinion of uh, of of Ben Cisco and what he was and what he is and you know is he this magical individual is he not you mm-hmm. know, is he? and you know Ben Cisco is a human being he's a lot of things you know but he's a human being um, and he's a man and he's a father. And he is also the emissary of the prophets. And he is also a star uh, fleet captain. He is all of those things. Um, and most importantly, he is a father. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are reflected in this autobiography. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I love when you, um, when it came out, when that you were going to do it, I just looked at it like the post came up on Instagram mm-hmm. and I, and I just, I just stared at it and I was like, am I reading this correctly? <laughs> you know, because I know Janeway has one, Picard has one. And I don't know why I didn't think that there would be one right. for Cisco, but right. I did not. I know why I didn't think there would well, be Well, I know, I know why I'm just gonna, you know, it's working <laughs> this way. Um, but when I saw it and then I think I, I reached out to you like right away. Right, right. And I was like, this is you, this is, you are the perfect person for this. Thank you so much for that. Because 
I'm so proud of you. That's <laughs> so proud. We are getting the uh, the old heave ho up here, but before we go, will you let everybody know uh, when the autobiography is supposed to be coming out, and um, any other things that for looking at your finding your work that you want to let people know about? The vitals. Uh, absolutely. Um, I would just say um, October 10th is our target date. Is when the book is coming out. It is uh, available for pre order right now. Mine yes. is ordered. Mine. 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 Okay, so you don't have to wait till October 10th. You can pre order right now. Um, I will say really quickly that uh, Titan Books told me that they always plan on. Um, doing a Cisco book. That's I wanted great. to find the right person like, for it. Uh-huh. And they felt that I was. And I was like, wow, that was really great. And they told me that it was because of the Benny Russell story uh, that they wanted me to do. Um, and uh, other things I'm doing, well, I've been doing, I've been, I've been living uh, Ben for a while. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't know what I'm doing right now or anything else. Um, I'll think about whatever I'm going to do. You can be uh, riding with your sci-fi sisters. That's what you're going to be doing. When it comes out. The second Sherlock Holmes story. Uh, oh, great. So, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I know because we got to have you back on because we didn't talk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't get to talk Buffy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't get to talk Sherlock, yeah. you know. So there's a lot more that we we want to talk to you about, you know. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you all for coming to the thank show. You. you can find us at SciFiSisters.com. That's S Y F Y S I S T A S dot com. Join us on the Mothership. That's M U T H A S H I P. And the SciFi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. On Instagram and TikTok, sci-fi.sisters. And we're also on the Twitter at Sci-Fi Sisters. Become a patron of Sci-Fi Sisters today at patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Sisters. The Trek Geeks Network presenting sponsor is Fansets. Go to fansets.com for pins and memorabilia for all your favorite franchises. Visit fansets.com and use Trek Geeks, all caps, for your exclusive 10% discount. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and write a review. We may just read it on an upcoming episode. Y'all, it's been so much fun. We got one last shout out to do, and that's for the baddest engineer in all universes. He's Dose the Anonymous One. He's responsible for the music that you hear. Dose, 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 Dose. He has his own theme song, He's and he's our engineer, the bestest. If you need his skills, you can look him up on Instagram at Dose underscore the anonymous underscore the number one. And y'all, that's it for us. We are out of here. Thank you for listening. We love you very much. Peace, love, and hair grease.